You are about to see a miracle. I don't know how God's going to do it. Because if we knew how it was all done, it would not be a miracle. But a miracle is what blows your mind. A miracle is something that's happened seemingly out of, it's just illogical. But God is a miracle worker. Welcome to Concepts for Living. This service is coming to you from the Chapel of the Anointing. We invite you to stay tuned for a life-changing word. Having grave difficulties, facing grave circumstances, you just might be ripe for a miracle. Hi, and welcome to Concepts for Living. We consider it a privilege to bring you more Concepts for Living. Stay tuned. My theme for this message, ripe for a miracle. Look at someone and say to that person, you are ripe for a miracle. The meal shall not fail, neither shall the cruise of oil fail. I thank God that he has us on his mind. I thank God that he is aware of every condition, every situation that you and I are facing. He knows our state, our condition, our location. He knows everything about us. I want some mother today, someone perhaps watching by television or those of you that are here in this sanctuary. I want some mother to hear the voice of God speaking to, to them today, saying to them that their condition is ripe for a miracle. Anna Jarvis, many of you perhaps are aware, was the woman who fought vigorously for a day in the year that will be set aside to celebrate nationally women, particularly mothers. We call it Mother's Day. This day affords us the opportunity to glance, if you will, into the scriptures and observe that motherhood was a big thing. Because generations begin with the mother. Napoleon Bonaparte said that everything that a man becomes is because of his mother. Mothers. I know that when you read the scripture in the outset, it does not have the theme of motherhood. It's rather widowhood. In fact, many choose to title this section of scripture the miracle of the widow. But if you keep reading, you'll know it says, and her son. That means that she was not just a widow, but she was a mother. 
So if you please let me coin a title for her. I want to call her a widow mother. And we have them all around us. And they are throughout history noted for their contribution to not only the initiation of a society, but the preservation of it. Mothers. Now, I want you to know that her life was not easy. It was difficult. Because when you begin to think of the breadwinner being taken from you, and you have to be in addition to being the mother in the house, be also the breadwinner. We're living with those conditions now. And many a mother who is also a widow is finding herself having to work three and four jobs. Work as a secretary in the day, and when the evening comes, you see the same person in a different outfit cleaning the place. All that she might be able to preserve her family. And so this passage speaks to us in a contemporary way, letting us know that even when you're down to your last, when it looks like the next thing that you'll be facing is death, you might discover that you are at your beginning of a miracle. What we tend to do is to travel from house to house. Modern day, we're going to text somebody, perhaps put it on Facebook, and let them know your troubles. But when you get to understand that many of us who find ourselves in certain conditions, it's really ripe for a miracle. So note the passage. This unnamed with her mother. Going to teach us some things today that can help us in our contemporary situation. She's a woman, she's a widow, and she's a mother. And she lives in Zarephath. Zarephath was a village that has been noted to be a village that was strong in heathenism. It's the village near Sidon. And those Sidonese would be more focused on worshiping Baal than on worshiping the living God. In fact, if you check it out, you'll discover that God gave to Elijah a major assignment. And the major assignment is that I want you to spend your life destroying the works of Baal, destroying the worship of Baal, destroying anything, in fact, every vestige that has anything to do with Baal. I want it destroyed. And I'm prepared to use generations to do it. And so Elijah was assigned <laughs> to go to a place after his brook dried up and the place is the headquarters where the worship of 
Baal takes place. What you saying, Pastor? Well, what I'm saying is what you may discover, as did Elijah, is that God is awesome in the way he sets things up. He let your brook dry so you can't stay there. So you can go where he needs you to be next. Oh, God, what would happen if we looked at life like that? I mean, we, you know, we've coined, coined phrases. For example, when one door closes, another door opens. You know, you know that? But some of us get so fixated on the closed door that we never really appreciate the fact that the closed door is only so you can walk through an open door. Now, when you take all of this and you see that God is now sending Elijah to the place where the father of Jezebel, watch this now, is king. His name was Ethbaal. And he was king in Zarephath. Watch this now. And also, <laughs> Jezebel was the wife of Ahab. And Ahab was the one who built a temple unto Baal. 400 of their prophets met Elijah on a mountain. And on that mountain, Elijah said, now I'm going to show you who the real God is. It's the God who answers by fire. But you know the story. That's another message for another day. But what I'm trying to get at is, isn't God something else? That he will take me and drop me smack in the middle of the worst situation so he can get the greatest glory. Well, wait a minute. Now, when his brook dried up in Samaria and in, in, in Israel, now watch this now, he could have gone to the River Jordan because Jordan was not dried up. But instead, God says to him, I don't want you to go not even to any widows in Israel. And there were many widows in Israel. But God said, I want you to go all the way, 20 miles away to Sidon. I want you to go to Zarephath. And I want you to see that I've got a setup waiting. I've got the makings of a miracle there. I found a woman who happens to be a widow and a mother, watch this, who will sustain you. The ravens tried. Your brook is dried up. Now I'm going to send you to a woman. If you get nothing else I say today, I don't want you to look at your house. I don't want you to look at your situation. I don't even want you to look at your conditions the same way anymore after this word. I want you to know that when you look around and see where you are, it's a setup. Everybody up in here, it's a setup. God is setting you up so he can work a miracle. And miracles are really only done by God. But he needs our stuff. Our conditions, our circumstances so that he might have the makings of a miracle. You'll note 
that the widow mother of this text had, number one, an existential function. She also had extraordinary faith and she experienced exceptional favor. That's what miracles will do. That's how miracles are made. Stay tuned, you'll be further blessed. And so notice now, the woman, she says, as your God liveth, she's talking now, she's talking to the prophet because now she recognizes that Elijah is more than just an ordinary fella trying to get next to her, like some guys try to get next to widows. She hadn't even been a widow long <laughs> before somebody is checking her out. Oh, see, you don't you think I know what's happening? <laughs> to catch her at a point of vulnerability, to catch her at a point of loneliness. Mm -hmm. So you and I have to understand that when that woman looked at that man, something had to happen inside of her to understand that he's not just an ordinary man. He's a God man. And of all things, that man says to her, I want you to give me a glass of water. <laughs> you didn't hear that. There are times when there are things that you and I are required to communicate that has nothing to do with the logical implications of it. It's just to get a word out. Somebody will get this. It's just to announce something. Are you listening to me? Here, here, he's now getting her to buy into his sincerity, buy into the fact that I'm here just like you're here. God sent me here just like he sent you there. I don't read anywhere where Elijah says to her, you better do it because God told me you are going to sustain me. You don't see that anywhere. But there's a conversation going on in the mystic. And somehow that woman, haven't you ever met somebody and you haven't even said a word and you have a conversation? It's like something's going on. And you say, well, wait a minute, who are you? Who'd you say you were? Because something's going on. God's operating. And before you know it, that man now is saying to her, and by the way, while you're on the way, bring me a cake or bring me a morsel or something. He knew that that woman didn't have much. He knew that she was looking herself at the point of death. But he's speaking things. He's speaking things. He's speaking about the fact that one day she's going to have enough to bring. He's speaking it. Words of faith are not always articulated in phonic. Sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it's just an intimation. Sometimes it's just a way. Sometimes you can feel it. Anybody in here ever been in a place in your life where you begin to sense something is about 
I, I, I can't figure it out, but I know something. It, oh, God, put me among some people who can relate to what I'm talking about. But what, 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 what I don't know what it is. I can't tell you, but I know something's up. So even though I could say you're fresh and you're selfish, I'm not going to say that to you because I got a feeling that something's happening here. I got a feeling it's bigger than what the natural mind can conceive. I feel that God is up to. So I don't know this God, but, and I don't know about miracles, but I do know something's about to happen. Is there anybody in here that has ever reached a place where you can't explain it, but you know something is about to happen? You got to see that as the idiom behind the conversation. So now, notice this. The woman is, uh, you know, she's, she's extending herself. She's, she's, she's understanding there's something more to this. And guess what? It's amazing because I, I noticed when Elijah came, he met that widow. That's in uh, 1 Kings 17. And then if you go on over in 2 Kings 4, Elisha meets another widow. One has little meal, little bit of oil. The other one has no oil, hardly. See, all she has is just a little oil. He said, yeah, but guess what? Go borrow vessels because Honey, you're going to have so much oil. You're seeing a little, I see a lot. You're seeing mega, I see mega. That's the way I'm seeing it. So our mindset's got to change. Look at somebody and say, you, you are at the point. You're ripe, you're ripe for a miracle. For a miracle. See, see, you're just repeating me. I want you to tell them like, you believe it like you have conviction. You are about to see a miracle. I don't know how God's going to do it. Because if we knew how it was all done, it would not be a miracle. But a miracle is what blows your mind. A miracle is something that happens seemingly out of, it's just illogical. But God is a miracle worker. Well, we sincerely trust that you've been blessed and inspired and informed to know what it takes to experience a miracle. You just might be ripe for one. And I trust that God will help you to function existentially and also to experience extraordinary releases of your faith and, of course, that you will come to a point where you will have exceptional favor. So until next time, when we shall come to you with more Concepts for Living, may God bless you and yours. Thank you for viewing Concepts for Living. If you would like a CD, DVD, or download the entire message, go to our website, www.fcogchapel.org. We would like to hear from you. Please send an email for prayer or send a praise report on how God is blessing you through this program. We invite you to join us again for another Concepts for Living.